Amen. Let's turn to 2 Samuel chapter 23, and we will get probably as large a biography here about the man we're looking at as we will anywhere in Scripture. And we'll come down here to verse 20 of 2 Samuel chapter 23. It says, And Benaniah, the son of Jehoiada, the son of a valiant man of Kabzeel, who had done many acts, he slew two lion-like men of Moab. He went down also and slew a lion in the midst of a pit in time of snow. And he slew an Egyptian, a goodly man, and the Egyptian had a spear in his hand, but he went down to him with his staff and plucked the spear out of the Egyptian's hand and slew him with his own spear. These things did Benaniah, the son of Jehoiada, and had a name among three mighty men. He was more honorable than the thirty, but he attained not to the first three, and David set him over his guard. Now, we've been working on just going through and finding some of the less well-known men uh, and people of the Bible. And uh, one of the names that just came to my heart is uh, is Benaniah, the son of Jehoiada. Now, Benaniah was one of David's mighty men. Now, you read this and then the parallel passage in Chronicles, and, and it gets a little confusing. And the best we can understand, David had... Uh, more than 30 men. There was a group of three. Then there was a second group of three. And then there was the group of 30. And Benaniah was in this second group of three. And uh, he was uh, a man of great, uh, uh, of great uh, accomplishment and, and uh, uh, it says that he slew two lion-like men of Moab. And, and I was reading about that, and I thought, well, they must have just been covered with fur all over their face and stuff. And they thought, no, it was talking about their heart and the way that they fought. They fought like lions. They were special forces. I mean, these were, each one of these men would have been more than a match. They would have been what we would call special forces kind of guys trained to take on five or six guys each. And they were traveling, two of them together, and somehow Benaniah got in a fight with them, and he took care of both of them at the same time. I mean, he was was an incredible warrior. He was not like the, the first three. One had killed 800 at one time, another 300, and the third one had defeated the entire Philistine army by just standing in the field of lentils after the children of Israel fled and defended it. And uh, I'll tell you, it was, he, he was with David back before he became king. Now, I want you to stop and think about something. David was king for 40 years. And Benaniah was with him all that time. But Benaniah was also with Solomon. Now that tells us one thing about Benaniah. He had to have been an awful young man 
40 years before in order to survive David's entire reign and yet still be there to assist and work with Solomon. Uh, I mean, there have been times in the United States history where we've taken old and revered generals and made them in charge of the army. In fact, uh, one fella uh, back in the late 1800s was the general uh, of our army, and he was so huge that he could not sit on a normal horse because he would uh, hurt it. Uh, He weighed well over 300 pounds, and he had to have uh, several men hold the horse and basically build a stepladder so he could get up on the horse and parade around in front of his men. Uh, ben and I wasn't like that when he was retired. Uh, he, he may have been just in his late teens at this point, and he had already attained a position in David's mighty men. That tells me something about Benaniah, son of Jehoiada. He was not waiting for life to happen to him. He was in a time of great confusion. If you'll remember, Saul chasing David had killed the priest. That was Benaniah's family. He was of the priest. We don't see Benaniah ever being tainted by anger or resentment or trying to get even with anyone. He was also the captain of David's guard. He was over the Cherethites and the Pelethites. Now, you read those names and, uh, and everybody says, okay, who are the Cherethites and the Perethites and uh, Pelethites and Cherethites? Boy, I am getting confused in my speech. I caught myself that time. Uh, and so, but... The best that we can tell, these were some of the, uh, these were different groups of David's special forces that were with him. Uh, They may have composed some of the mighty men, but uh, more than likely, uh, they would have been uh, strangers of Israel, like Philistines and maybe uh, different countries that had come in and said, David, we're going to serve you, we're going to live with you, uh, we're going to be your special bodyguard, and that's who Benaniah was over. He was the king's personal bodyguard. We talked about Ahithophel last week. After Ahithophel's death, Benaniah became David's chief counselor. Now, David would have been an old man after the rebellion of Absalom, it was near the end of his reign. Normally, when a person seeks counsel, they seek it from an older and more experienced person, do they not? That's why I love to have the old preachers around. Because I like to gain from their counsel and from their experience, and yet... David was looking to someone who, by the way, the only, we're just surmising here, but Benaniah had to be quite a bit younger than all of these men because when David ended his kingship, Benaniah was one of the chief men that installed Solomon as the king. And so 
we see this fellow, Benaniah, son of Jehoiada, let's, uh, he was with David, he was one of his mighty men, he gained that reputation. How many of you have ever tried to catch a cat that was hiding from you? We had a diseased cat, very noticeably so, on the property one time. And uh, I think it was Peter and I went out with a trash can. And we finally backed it into a corner and trapped it in the trash can. And then called animal services here because it was, it was sick. You could tell by the way it acted and the way it looked. And, and so you want to get the animal services to come and make sure that it's not carrying some really weird disease and all that kind of stuff. And, and the lady came to get that cat out of the can. And it was, it was an unbelievable struggle. And I mean, she had the little loop that went around its neck. And I mean, that thing came up clawing and hissing. You thought it was five times its size. This was a lion. It was in a pit. Now, if you had a lion prowling around, killing livestock and attacking people, you would trap the lion. You'd dig a pit. And lions can jump. Uh, we're talking like a mountain lion here, not the big woolly kind. But they can jump 20 feet through the air, many of them, easily. You're talking about deep, steep, and what else did the Bible tell us? Snow. They had trapped this lion in the pit. And Benaniah says, I'll take care of it. Not me. <laughs> well, maybe from the edge with a nice rifle and a scope. I mean, I'd, I'd take care of that lion at long distance. But that meant he had to go into the pit with frozen ground and snow and sliding all over the place with only two feet with sandals on the bottom, dealing with a lion with four feet with claws that actually helped hold him in place. I mean, you're talking about something that you can't find in motion pictures. And... The whole issue was he was not just trying to show off, but this animal had to be dispatched and somebody had to do it. And the worst thing you can do with an animal like this is wound it. You've, you've got to get the job done and you've got to get it done the first time or you are in big trouble. I mean, this was a man who was confident, who knew what he was doing, who knew how to get the job done and was not afraid to endanger his life to get it done. Ben and I had every good thing that we would expect from a man that we would call a hero. I mean, he was right there. He was with David all this time. He had earned his position. It was not given to him. He could have had a very easy life, a very... Sheltered life as one of the sons of the priest. 
But instead, because of the evil of his day and the turmoil of his day, he chose to serve with David and put his life on the line continually. By the way, these uh, other groups, the Cherethites and the Pelethites that were traveling with David, many of them were, as we said, non-Jewish strangers. A guy like Joab, he was sticking his nose up. He was not, well, let, well, let Ben and I take care of those. Now, these were by no means secondary or third-class citizens or fighters in any way, but they weren't necessarily Jewish people in their heritage. And Benaniah was not afraid to deal and lead with anyone who was willing to serve the right cause. These are good things. Amen. Benaniah, as bad as Ahithophel was, Benaniah was good in every every situation. Let's go to 1 Kings chapter 1. And what we have happening in 1 Kings chapter 1 is we have David growing old and senile and weak. In verse 5, then Adonijah, the son of Haggith, exalted himself saying, I will be king. And, uh, the reason Adonijah did that was he was the oldest living son of David. Amnon had been killed. Absalom was dead. Several uh, uh, other things had happened, and Adonijah was there. And verse 6, And his father had not displeased him at any time in saying, Why hast thou done so? And he was also a very goodly man, and his mother bare him after who? Absalom. So, I mean, he had everything was necessary to be king. And when he exalted himself, look to what it says, verse 7, and he conferred with Joab and Abathar, and they followed Adonijah, and they helped him. Now, verse 18 is, the, I mean, verse 8 is the one I want us to center on. But Zadok the priest and Benaniah the son of Jehoiada and Nathan the prophet, and Shimei and Ray, and the mighty men which belonged to David were not with Adonijah. Joab was probably David's closest, what we would call friend. David, David and Joab had one of those really hate-love relationships. When David needed something done, Joab got it done. When he wanted Uriah killed, who got it done? Joab did, didn't he? Joab was there all the time. Joab was the one that killed Absalom to make sure that there would be no more rebellion because he knew what David wanted to do. David wanted to bring Absalom back to Jerusalem and try to reconcile with his son. Joab said, there's no way that's going to work. But... When Joab and Abathar the priest helped Adonijah, Benaniah said, David hasn't declared who the king is. We're not going with this one until we have a clear direction from the king. Boy, couldn't we use just a little discernment today. Benaniah had it. 
Benaniah was one of those men that knew the times and he knew how to carry himself and he knew what to do. You want to pattern yourself after. Don't go fighting lion like men of Moab. I doubt you'll find any. But uh, don't go picking fights. Uh, there's no evidence that Benaniah picked any fights. But when they came his way, he didn't turn back from one of them. I like what my dad used to tell me. Number one, don't go looking for a fight. Number two, you never start a fight. Number three, once you've obeyed rules one and two, don't lose. That was the kind of man that Benaniah was. David was old and sick, probably a little senile. Adonijah was taking over the kingdom. He was uh, setting everything up. And Benaniah went with, to the mighty men and he says, just wait a minute here. I know what Joab's doing, but Let's just hold our peace for a moment. And when David found out really what was going on, it was interesting. They told him, they said, Adonijah called Joab, he called Zadok, or Abathar, I'm sorry, not Zadok. Zadok was a good priest, but he didn't call Benaniah. I wonder why Adonijah didn't call Benaniah. Because he knew what Benaniah would do. He said, Adonijah, you want to be king? I haven't heard what the king has said. Let's go talk to David right now. Adonijah didn't want to take that step. He didn't want to take that chance. He knew who Benaniah was and what kind of man he was and where his allegiance was, and therefore he didn't call him. After Solomon was made the king, it was, Adonijah, it was Benaniah that set him upon David's own mule, and he organized David's bodyguards, the Cherethites and the Pelethites, and he marched them along in a parade through the city of Jerusalem, and the whole nation of Israel, all the elders, realized that David was, had, had put Solomon on the throne. And they all, tidings went to Adonijah and Joab and all of them, and it wouldn't be too long, and this is a sad part of the story. Adonijah was going to lose his life for treason, and so would Joab. And who was the man that Solomon sent to put those two traitors to death? It was Benaniah, son of Jehoiada. Now, he had been loyal to King David, he had never once tried to usurp Joab's authority. Even Joab had done some really wrong things. He had murdered Abner, the son of Ner. He had murdered Amasa, the man that David tried to put in uh, as the captain after Absalom. And we don't see any vengeance here either. In fact, we see him going back and reporting to the king. He says, Joab wants to die by the altar. And Solomon said, well, let him have his choice. And then it says, and he buried him in his house in the wilderness. Benaniah executed judgment because it was the command of the king and it was right to do. But he took time to take the body of his former leader out to his own home and bury him out in the wilderness 
where Joab lived. Remember, he was a priest. To touch a dead body meant he was unclean. He had to be very careful about these things, but Benaniah was a man who cared for other people, even if it meant following the king's order and justice and putting them to death. And he was put in the room of Joab and Benaniah, of any man you see, was responsible for establishing the kingdom in Solomon's time and making a smooth transition. They might mess with Joab. They knew Joab could be dealt with, but Benaniah, he had those mighty men, and they lined up, and they followed Solomon. You just look through this life of this man, and we see a man who was willing to fight, and stand up for what was right, even though he had to have been a very young man when David was in the cave of Adullam where the mighty men came. He stayed with David and stayed true all those years. Never once was he tempted to go aside and to follow some of the distractions. He didn't get wrapped up in the palace politics and all the wrong things that were going on. Never once did he despise David, even though David had done wrong things. And Ben and I knew about it. I mean, everybody knew what David had done. He said, I'm going to honor the king and I'm going to do what's right. And when it came time for the king to die, it was Ben and his servant, who established Solomon in the kingdom. I tell you, we owe a great deal of respect to a man like Benaniah. He was a man of action as well as a man of worship. He still, you read all the passages there. He was one of the leaders in the priesthood, in offering of the sacrifices and things. He, he did everything. He was our Renaissance man, if you want to call him that, of the Bible. And you say, well, why are we studying his life? Number one, to be encouraged that men like this do exist. Amen? And number two, to realize that God will call men if you'll be a man. And God will call women to serve him if we will just do like Benaniah, to emulate him. Just to be true. Benaniah was right. He was always right. He never outstepped his boundaries. He just stood where he was supposed to be. He wasn't desiring some greater position. He wasn't trying to get people to worship him. He, he didn't get into a contest, and yet he was in the second group of David's mighty three. The second group of three. And David said, you're over my bodyguard. He was one of the closest men to King David. And he served honorably right until the end. I'll tell you, ending well is just as important as starting right. Amen? We need to pray that God will raise up 
there's anything we need in this country today, we need some Ben Anias. Amen? If there's anything we need in our church, we need some Ben Anias and Ben Anias's, I guess is how you would say it. But some Lady Ben Anias. There are battles to be fought. Praise God, our battles are not with sword and spear. The greatest battle to fight is with ourselves. And then to encourage others to serve the Lord. That was the life of Benaniah. And all God's people said, Dear Heavenly Father, we just come before you in prayer. Lord, we thank you for the life of this man, Benaniah. Lord, there's so much more that we could have said and brought out. But we just ask that what was said would go into our hearts and we would study about this man. We would learn. And Lord, we ask that you would work to bring that self-discipline, even from such a young age, to be the warrior and the leader that Benaniah was. We desperately need to see you build men like Benaniah and ladies who will stand for what is true in, our, in these last days. Help us to serve you faithfully till you come. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.